Well, I wanna preach to you this weekend about finishing in victory, finishing in victory. If you're taking notes, note takers are history makers. Just write down finish in victory and you're already living out the sermon right here. You're finishing in victory. But I believe God wants us to finish every season in victory, no matter what the season looks like, no matter how bad it was, no matter how rough it was. If you got a Bible, go to Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two, yeah. Woo, Paul the apostle said, as for you, my friends, you and I, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. We were in the darkness of our sins. We used to live in these ways when we followed the ways of the world, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among these people in these ways and these lifestyles at one time. We all were sinners, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following the desires and the thoughts of whatever we wanted, impulsive living. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, just like the whole world. But because of the great love of God for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. How many are thankful you've been saved by Jesus? He says, when we were dead in our transgressions, we were, by the grace of God, we have been saved. And then I love this next verse. This is the one I wanna focus on. He says, and God raised us up. God did not bring us down into Christianity. Christianity is a raising up. Salvation is a raising up. When you got saved, you weren't meant to be brought low to survive and eke your way through life. I remember talking to some guys in college who had been deconstructing the Bible. And I was thinking, why are you at a Christian university? We were at ORU and you're deconstructing scripture. And they were saying, you know, God doesn't want us to thrive. God doesn't want us to live an abundant life. God didn't come to make us greater and stronger and more than conquerors. God wants us to barely eke through life, barely survive, have nothing. And they were twisting scripture to fit some weird, you know, survival mentality theology. But I said, wait a minute, when I look at scripture, it says God raised us up and seated us in heavenly places that he came to give us life and life more abundantly. Above all else, I hope that you prosper and be in good health. The word of God is not about bringing you low and, and making you a defeated human being. No, 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 when God raised you up, you are more than a conqueror. God wants the church to finish every year in victory. God wants the church, God wants you and me to walk in victory. I was talking to my boys last night on the way home after dinner. And they said, daddy, what are you preaching on this weekend? I said, I'm preaching about victory. They said, are you going to tell the story about how your mom and dad named the church victory? And I said, that's, that's a good idea. And they said, how did they name it victory? They, you know, they wanted to hear the story. I said, well, it was before I was born. Uh, they were part of a church here in Tulsa called Sheridan Christian Center. And there was a, a, a vote where the board decided to launch them out and say, hey, Billy Joe, Sharon, y'all need to start your own church. It's getting too big here. It's getting too charismatic, too much Holy Spirit, tongue talking, you know, gifts of the Spirit. And, they, and, and so Billy Joe and Sharon in 1981, the week, after Easter, the week before Easter, launched a church. And when they were praying about the name, they felt, I asked my dad one time, back when he was alive, I said, dad, why did you name Victory Victory? Why didn't you name it like Peace Church or, uh, you know, all the different names like Grace or Life or Elevation or, you know, Innovation or Transformation or, uh, you know, all the different great names of churches. And those are beautiful names. He said, I wanted to name our church something that your mom and I 
every day want to live in. We want to walk in. It's not just a building. It's a lifestyle victory that thanks be to God who gives us the victory. God called us to be victorious. And he said, that's what we wanted to call it. So we called it victory, victory. Everybody say victory. Jesus was speaking to John on the island of Patmos in Revelation 21, verse six. He said, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega. I'm the first and the last. I'm the beginning and the end. God is not just a person who starts something that's good and then leaves it halfway done. God always brings everything to fulfillment. I'm the alpha and the omega. God wants to bring you to a flourishing finish. In Philippians 1 verse 6, Paul the apostle said, he who started this good work in me, in you, will be faithful to complete it. We serve a God who wants to bring you and I to a finishing victory. Somebody say, I'm going to finish in victory. This last week, I was playing a game called handball. It's a game that my friends and I, we've kind of, we learned this game from someone who brought it from Europe, but I think we made up our own rules. I don't think it's the same way they play it over there, but we played seven on seven and we were in the school gym right here next to the church. And um, I won a game, my team won a game. Pastor Daniel Henshaw was on the other team and his team won a game. And it was like, there was a good, healthy competition. I was like, all right, we can't end on a tie. Somebody's got to finish in victory. So I said, let's let's go game three, best of three. All right. So on my team, I had Jason Nussbaum sitting over here on the second row. We were were up. We scored a couple points. Then Daniel's team scored a couple points. We were going first one to seven points. And then I needed a break, y'all. I'm getting old. I just, some of us guys, we're all dads now, and we're all like... We, we, we were subbing guys in and out. We were sitting down drinking water. I can't run like I used to run. And, and so I sit down and I pull up the OU game and that was not a fun game to watch. So I put it down and I hear them shout, five to four. And I realized our team was down. I was like, put me in coach. I gotta get in there. I gotta get in there to score. We gotta win the victory. Here's the funny thing. Last night I was telling this story to our church. I was convinced that when I got on that court, we went up and we won the third game. And I was like, yeah, finish in victory. On the front row last night in our Saturday night service, Daniel starts shaking his head laughing. He's like, bro, our team won that last game. And we got into a debate live in church service last night over who won the third game. And Daniel starts texting other guys to confirm because he was second guessing. I was so excited. I genuinely thought I won. I I mean, I gave everyone a high five at the end of the game, but I walked off that court as a champion. I was like, I won that game. I guess I'm getting so old, I just forgot what just happened. And so I walked off and I was excited. I came home, my kids even though they go, you know, who won? I was like, yeah, we won, I won the game. Daniel told me last night, I lost the game. And he's like, you lost, but you walked off like you won. And that's the message this weekend. Even if you lost this year, you can walk off like you won. You don't have to win on the outside to win on the inside. Come on, either way, I'm gonna walk in victory. But you won, you won the game, Daniel. All right, (laughs) I just get excited about that. First Corinthians 15 verse 57 says, thanks be to God. Anytime you, you lose a game, just say this. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. I still got the victory. Somebody say, I still got the victory. 
Why is this important? This is so important because the enemy wants you and I to finish in defeat. The enemy wants our head down, just like Ashley preached earlier. Wasn't Ashley's word so good out of worship time? And she talked about how in Psalms 3 that David had to remind himself, no, 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 God is the glory and the lifter of my head. Even though the world may say I'm defeated, that I'm not gonna make it out of this, that the Lord will deliver me. He's the glory and the lifter of my head. The enemy wants you and I finishing every season defeated, discouraged, overwhelmed, sad, worried about 2024. Who's gonna get elected? Will I have enough money? What's gonna happen in the economy? The enemy wants us afraid. The enemy wants us to lose our minds. The enemy wants us discouraged, right? Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the enemy knows how you finish one season is how you start the next season. So if you finish in defeat, you're gonna start 2024 in defeat. Some people think that a calendar is gonna change everything, right? So it's like, once we turn the page and it's January, all of our problems disappear. Everything changes. I'm gonna be skinnier. I'm gonna be healthier. When I turn that page, I am completely new. New year, new me. No, no, no. New year, same you. Turning a page on the outside does not turn a page on the inside. Just because we turn the page tomorrow and we have 2024, it's a beautiful owl. (laughs) But just because we turn the page on the calendar doesn't mean that our life turns the page on the inside. You and I have to make a decision to say, you know what? If I'm going to have a better year this next year, I'm gonna have to change some things on the inside. I'm gonna have to start taking ownership and responsibility of my attitude, my actions, my self-discipline. I'm gonna have to start making some better decisions for my life because turning the page on the outside will not turn the page on the inside. How you finish one season determines how you enter the next season. How you finish at one job determines how you enter in at the next job. And if you finish with a defeated attitude, if you finish with, man, I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, I'm so angry at my boss, I'm offended, I'm so offended, but my next job, I won't be offended, I'm so offended. But if I finish angry, offended, upset, holding on to grudges, critical, negative, and I quit that job, or I quit that season, or quit that relationship, and I enter the next season without dealing with the things I just finished with, I carry it with me into the next thing. This is why we gotta finish well. Everybody say finish well. Finish a season well. Finish with a pure heart. Finish with a heart of praise. Finish with a heart set on God. Finish with forgiveness. Finish with laying it at the altar. Don't carry a grudge into the next year. Don't carry shame into the next year. Don't carry worry into the next year. I wanna give you four ways to finish in victory. Number one, to finish in victory, finish in praise. Tally the score up, my friends. What has God done for you, through you, and in you this year that you can turn into praise? Finish in praise. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We cannot proceed with success into the future until we remember what got us here. What has God done for you this past year? I want us to take 10 seconds to give thanks to the Lord without a song, without the band. I want you to just erupt into praise. If God has been good, if he's been faithful, if he provided, if he protected, if you got arms, if you got feet, if you got toes, if you got fingers, if you got breath, let everything.
everything that has breath. Lord, you deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. You deserve the praise. Satan is defeated. He's under my feet. I'm seated in heavenly places. Lord, I thank you that I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he who lives in me than he that is in this world. How great is our God. How great is our God. He's the name above all names. He's worthy to be praised. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. If we don't finish in praise, we're going we're gonna to be carrying that same spirit into the next year. Listen, God wants you to have a running start into 2024. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Praise gets your feet running. Praise gets your spirit running. Praise reminds the devil he is defeated. Memory is a powerful thing. Memory is a powerful thing. When I begin to remember the good and forget the bad, isn't it funny that I walked off the court and all I could think about was that I won, even though I lost? <laughs> it's funny to me. I was laughing hard last night. I even, after service, I sat down with Daniel. I was like, are you sure you won? Because my memory is telling me, he's like, you're only remembering the good. <laughs> you're forgetting that your team lost. And I was like, yeah. But here's, here's what we got to do in life. We've got to reflect on, you, you learn from your mistakes. You learn from your difficulties. You learn from where you missed it, but you don't get stuck there. Remember the good. Remember the good things. David said in Psalm 42, verse five, why is my soul discouraged? Why am I downcast? I will put my faith in the Lord. I will sing to God a new song. Isaiah 54 verse one says, sing out, O barren woman. Even if you haven't had children, give thanks to the Lord. Give praise to God. Don't focus on things that you're lacking. Don't focus on the things that haven't gone the way you wanted them to go. Focus on the goodness of God. Focus on the faithfulness of God. Focus on the miracles of God. God told Joshua in Joshua chapter three, when you cross that Jordan River and you get ready to go into Jericho, as soon as you cross that river, turn around and put 12 stones on the other side of that river. These 12 stones will stand as 12 memorials for the 12 tribes of Israel to tell the children who will then tell their children, who will tell their children that God has been good to the Israelites. And if you forget to remember the good things he's done and giving praise to him, then one day a generation will grow up who will not know the miracles of God. If you don't take time to praise, your children won't know what God's done for you. This is why my kids wanted to know, how did we get called victory? What did God do? I want my kids to know all the miracles. I want them to know all the stories. I want them to see mommy and daddy giving thanks to God. I don't want them growing up with a negative, cynical dad, a negative, critical mom. I want them growing up with a dad and mom who's praising the Lord, giving thanks to the Lord. Yet will I praise him. Habakkuk said, even though things haven't gone the way I wanted them to go, yet will I praise him. You don't have to have life perfect to give praise to God. You don't have to have all your prayers answered. Joel chapter three said, let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor man say I am rich. Let the blind man say I can see. It's what the Lord has done in me. Number two, to finish in victory, we got to finish in prayer. And we're going to pray. We're going to finish this service in prayer. James 1 verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him come to God in prayer. You can ask God for anything. God who is generous and gracious will give to all without reproach. In other words, he'll give the same to you that he gave to Billy Graham. If you ask for wisdom, I remember when I was at ORU, one of my friends, he was single and 
he was uh, talking about how he wanted to meet, you know, his missus. He's like, I'm here to find my wife. That's why I'm at ORU. My parents found each other at ORU. I'm going to find my spouse at ORU. And so he was talking to me and he said, I got this really good one-liner. He said, I'm going to walk up to the girl of my dreams when I find her here on campus. He's like, I got my eyes open, right? During worship, one eye closed, one eye open, looking around chapel, seeing which girl worships the best and looks pretty. So he said, I'm going to go up to that girl. I'm going to reach my hand out. I'm going to say, I'm Will, God's will. And I'm going to shake her hand. It was so cheesy, but his name was Will. Anyways, the point is, the point is in prayer that we get in alignment with God's will. I'm going to ask us as a church to take time at the start of 2024 which sounds crazy to say, but tomorrow kicks off a new year. And I'm going to ask us to take time to fast during this season. We're going into our our first month of the year. We go into a conference, victory conference, used to be called Word Explosion. It still is a word explosion. It's all about digging into the word of God, digging into the presence of God, the plans that God has for our lives it's going to be a beautiful conference. I hope you don't miss any of it because you, I mean, I'm telling you, we got incredible pastors, preachers, voices from the word of God that are going to speak into our lives, that are going to speak into our church and people like Bill Johnson and Sammy Rodriguez and Bob Goff and, uh, who's the other person that I keep forgetting? Keon Henderson and Meredith Andrew and Ryan Horton. It's going to be a beautiful conference. It's free too. But that conference kicks off January 17th and ends on the 21st. And I'm going to take time at the start of the year, leading all the way up to the end of the conference, to fast. What is fasting? Fasting is essentially giving up food or something else for a period of time in order to focus your thoughts on God. While fasting, many people read the Bible, read a devotional. They pray. They worship. Fasting is found in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. It was a means By the way, it's mentioned over 50 times in the Old Testament, New Testament. Even Jesus fasted 40 days in the wilderness. But it was a means to hear from God, to draw close from God, to prepare for what God had in store in their future. Fasting oftentimes led to revival. It led to victory. Fasting was the people consecrating themselves to the Lord. Joshua 3 verse 5 says, Consecrate yourselves to God, for tomorrow great things will happen. Tomorrow is a new year. But I believe if we'll take time to pray and fast, if we'll take time to seek God, and our conference is January 17th through the 21st. It's a free conference for all of you. I pray you all come. I pray you bring all your friends and family members. Let's pack this conference out. We're gonna have some of the greatest voices in the church right now speaking into us. It's free. Come every night, January 17th through the 21st. It'll finish at the 11 a.m. service on January 21st. I'm asking you to consider fasting something Or you could pick your type of fast starting January 1st through the 21st. Some people might do, you know, fast one thing for the first week, something different for the second week, something different for the third week. Here's what fasting does. Fasting is an intentional stripping away from the body and soul, things that hold us down. When I fast, it develops self-restraint, self-control. It reminds me that I don't have to be tethered to coffee to exist. You're like, oh, don't you come for my coffee, Paul. All right, okay. Maybe, maybe it's just for the first week and you switch it up for the second week and you give up something else, social media, TV. But when you do these things, fasting begins to connect you to God's heart. 
it, it lightens your load. My flesh always feels weak in a fast. I always feel tired. My head is kind of fuzzy. I have withdrawals. I'm like, I need Coca-Cola. But by the end of the fast, my spirit man is stronger. And that's the point. We're not doing this to lose weight. This is not a diet. This is about getting our spirit. If your spiritual man gets stronger, if, the, if you have your best year spiritually in 2024, you'll have your best year financially. You'll have your best year mentally, emotionally, uh, relationally, professionally. If you start the year off with a spiritual focus, don't just finish in victory, start in victory. And it starts with prayer, coming to God in prayer and fasting. When Jesus fasted and prayed, out of that, he launched his ministry. When the apostles and disciples fasted and prayed, the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost. There's something about prayer and fasting that prepares us for a breakthrough. Number three, to finish in victory, we need to finish in purity. Finish in purity. Now you might say, Paul, I'm already pure. I'm already pure. I'm saved. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, you are. But I I want us to take communion today. And before we take communion, the Bible says, examine yourselves. And if there's any unconfessed sin, if there's any unrepented sin in your heart, that you would bring it to God, not out of condemnation. This is not to make anyone feel bad. It's not shame on you. It's shame off you. Communion takes shame off you. Communion takes sin out of you. Communion purifies us so that we can walk in that confidence knowing that we are the righteousness of God. We are holy. David said in Psalm 139, verse 23, search me, O God. Know my anxious thoughts. Now this past week, I got so upset at one of the kids and I was so wrong the way that I got upset. And the Holy Spirit convicted me. It wasn't condemnation, it was conviction. And I got tears. The Puritans, when they first settled in America, they used to ask God for the gift of tears. The gift of tears was a conviction. It was a present from God that if they cried, there was something about the tears that drew them closer to the heart of God. Sometimes we get older and we go, well, I'm going to be unapologetically myself. It's just the way I am. It's my personality. I'm rough around the edges. God made me that way. But there's nothing humble about that. And God exalts the humble and he opposes the proud. So here's here's what I'm asking. I I repented this past week because I got angry. I got angry and I I did. I teared up and I said I was sorry to my son. I said, I'm sorry I got upset. He said, it's okay. He said, does this mean I don't get spankings? I was like, no. And I I didn't do anything bad, but I just was, I was angry. And... um, it's one thing to, to bring correction to your children from a place of love and you want them to learn and grow. It's another thing to do it from a place of anger and your attitude is wrong. And we gotta be careful that the older we get, we don't become unapologetic about life. There's something beautiful about humility that says, God, I need your mercy. This week, my attitude was off. This week, I said things I shouldn't have said. So we're gonna do this right now. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here right now, and I'm not gonna ask you to leave your seat. You don't have to come down to the altar. But before we take communion, Jesus said, blessed are the pure. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Oh Lord, give us clean hands and a clean heart. David said in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, God. Renew in me a steadfast spirit.
If you're here right now and you just need God to purify your heart of any sin, thought, word, action, just lift your hand to heaven. He sees you. He knows you. He's not upset at you. He says, I paid for that. I love you. I forgive you. I'm going to help you. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I repent for my wrongdoing, and I receive your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy, your grace, your righteousness. Make me pure. Make me holy. Make me more like you. I need you, Lord, every day. And I receive your help. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to take our communion together right now. And if you didn't get that communion when you walked in, just raise your hand. Our ushers will bring it to you. You can open this up, and there's a piece of bread there. Jesus took the bread, and he broke it. And he handed it to his disciples. And he said, take this bread and eat it. And remember that my body was broken for you. Let's take it and eat it today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving your body and your blood for us. He took the cup and he said, this represents a new covenant I'm making with you. The blood of Jesus washes us away, washes our sins away, purifies us. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let's drink this juice and remember what Jesus did for us. Thank you, Jesus. My prayer for all of us this weekend is that we would understand his mercy covers us. His grace showers us. He washes us. He purifies us. It's like soap, man. He just, he takes all the dirt, all the muck, all the junk, and he showers our, not just our past, but our present and our future. Thank you, Jesus, for victory in our hearts and our lives. Number four, final point right here, finish in power. I've read the end of the book, and we're going to read this Bible this year. Read the Bible in a year. We've got Bible reading plans. If you didn't get one, grab one on the way out. Grab two or three. Keep it in your car, your office, your house, your apartment, wherever you stay, your dorm room. And you can check off every day, three chapters a day. During this fast, this 21-day fast, I dare you to, to, to spend 15 minutes in the morning reading the Bible, 15 minutes at night, 15 minutes in the morning, prayer and worship. Put on some victory worship. Put it on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music, wherever you find music, YouTube. Just type in victory worship. You can listen to it. Read the Bible. Go get my new book, Mind Games. Comes out January 9th. And I'm not just putting that as a plug. I genuinely believe in this message. This, this message is so needed right now. I was talking with people over Christmas break who've just been battling all kinds of different mind games, whether it's shame, fear, anger, addiction, hurt, feelings of hopelessness, worry, anxiety. And if we'll win on the inside, we can win on the outside. And use that book as a devotional. Go through it with your family. Read it. 
Talk about it. Take 10, 15 minutes. And by the way, if you cut out social media, you're going to have some time during your day. So you might as well just get a book. I made a decision last year. I was going to read eight new books. I did. I read eight books last year. That was a lot for me because I don't normally read a lot of books outside the Bible. But I wanted to become a better reader. I wanted to spend less time consuming stuff on social media and just read more. Just listen to audio books, read books physically, you know, paper books. And I went through eight big ones too. And I just encourage you, make this a year that you're going to grow spiritually. Like really invest in your spiritual growth. Use Mind Games as a devotional. Read that. It's 240 pages, but every page will be worth growing in your spiritual life. Finish in power. Let's stand to our feet all over this place. One way to finish in power is to stand in his presence and to allow his presence to fill you with power. When the disciples were in the presence of God, they were praying, they were worshiping. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And in Acts chapter two, as they were praying and worshiping, the Holy Spirit hit those disciples. What looked like tongues of fire appeared over their heads. They had power. They did things that no one thought people could do. They were living in the supernatural. 2024 is going to be a year of more, a year of restoring what God has given you from the beginning of time. Victory is yours in 2024. As we take time to worship, I'm going to ask you to linger. I know you got things to do, places to go, people to see. It's New Year's Eve. But give 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes if you can. And we're just going to worship. If you want to come down to the altar, if you want to pull out your journal, your Bible, some of you want to give more than 10 minutes. Some of you are like, this is what I came for right here. So feel free. Let's just linger in God's presence. Maybe get out that journal, pull out your phone, type, type in some notes, what God's going to speak to you. As we worship here over these next 10 minutes, I want you to just ask the Lord, Lord, what is the word you have for me going into 2024? What is a sentence I can write down? What's a promise you want me to stand on? What is a scripture that you want me to circle and put in my house? What is something you're asking me to believe for in 2024? Maybe God wants to give you some goals to write down. Maybe he wants to give you some vision to write down. But during this time of worship, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like an eagle. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not
shadows you lead me gently shepherd of my soul I go where you go you lead I'll
from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love, our God, awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome our God, God is an awesome God. you're praying for this next year. I don't know what you're believing for. Maybe you're here today and you're believing God in 2024, a certain promise, a dream, a prophecy. I just feel in my heart there's maybe some of you in the room, you're single right now and you've been praying, Lord, I just, I want to meet the right person. I want to, I want to get married. I want to be able to build a family. And God hears that prayer. God hears that prayer. Whether you're a single parent mom or whether you've been single for many years, God hears that prayer, and he wants to answer that prayer. He wants, to, he wants to give you the desires of your heart when it pleases him, when it glorifies him. Maybe you're here in the room, and you've been married for a while, and you've been trying to have children, and you just, you're, you're praying, you're going, man, 2024, I, I just wish that would be the year we got pregnant. I wish that would be the year that God would bless us with a child. God hears that prayer. He hears that prayer. Whatever the prayer is, if it's beyond your control, you go, I I can't do it. I can't do it in my own strength. I need God. I need God. Bring it to him. 
Don't end this year with a hopeless spirit. Don't end this year saying it's never gonna happen. End this year in faith. Finish in victory. Finish with trusting God is able. He is more than able. He is more than able. He is more than able. He's more than able. You say, Paul, it won't make sense. Logically, scientifically, it's impossible. I don't, but God can do it. God can. Maybe you've been believing God for healing of a certain sickness you've been battling for many years. Maybe you've just been praying for a breakthrough in a certain area in your life, freedom from an addiction, a habit. God can, God can do it. God can give him something to work with. Finish this year in victory. Start the year off with fasting and prayer. Watch what God will do. Watch what God will do. Maybe you've been praying for a specific dream, uh, something like a ministry or uh, a business, an idea, something that's been stirring in you for a long time. You're going, I would love to start this in 2024. I'd love to see God launch me into this. God can. God can do it. God has you at victory for such a time as this. You are positioned for victory. You have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. You've been brought to this world for such a time as this. 2024 is going to be a big year. I feel it. I feel it. It is. I say that every year, but I do sense this in 2024. And don't be afraid. I have to remind myself every year, don't be afraid of whatever thing could happen in your life, children, family, health, physical, whatever that is. Let's enter this year because the enemy wants us finishing in fear, but God wants us finishing in faith. So whatever's causing worry or fear or hovering over your head with anxiety or stress, before you leave this room, give it to God. Just say, Lord, I'm casting this care. I'm trusting in you. I'm releasing it to you. I'm asking for your kingdom to come, your will to be done. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I receive your power, your purity, and I choose to praise and I choose to pray to fix my focus on you. You are able to do all things. Nothing is impossible. So I let go of my fears. I release every hurt, every burden. I'm casting it on you. And I receive your grace, your strength for this next year. It's gonna be my best year yet. I'm going to finish in victory. I'm going to start in victory. I'm going to see the victory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.